to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person whose dining room table is now reserved for plants. So any eating I do is on the couch. Uh, breast behind the glass, and uh, what, it's going to be cold? <laughs> Frost warnings? Like Frost warnings? Okay, so freeze warnings. Uh, right, like last week, on, on my yard right now, the, the peach tree is 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 there's many buds on it on the peach tree the blueberries the cherries the choke cherries the raspberries the hazelnuts all these fragile blooms um are are subject to uh, freeze so it's it's kind of a, a dangerous thing I, I even caught myself wondering on this long cold mother days weekend if a full moon that is also a super moon does that offer any more heat it does not but it's kind of, it's kind of a joke but the frost does remind us that what we expect may not be there um, I know we did our best to prepare. We're getting out our sheets and our pillowcases and putting over all the plants. Um, and uh, life is definitely unpredictable. Um, and yet last week I had the most amazing, I and mean, we're having some amazing times. Um, there are so many bumblebees and other pollinators um, with these bushes. And it's just so fun to simply sit and listen and watch these pollinators. And even if this freeze hurts, um, I still have these really sweet memories. Um, imagine how different the Twin Cities would be if berry bushes and nut trees were more common than Roundup and Kentucky bluegrass. So I'm hoping that we can really make this the year of the Victory Gardens and spreading permaculture everywhere. This morning, I listened to a presentation by the CEO of General Mills, um, Jeff Hammering, and uh, it was on Greater MSP. Um, it was a YouTube they put out. And I really appreciated what he had to say. He talked about this interconnected world and that we know now more than ever before, we're really having a greater awareness about how interconnected we are. Our health, my health is linked to the health of the soil. It's linked to our water. And General Mills has set the vision of having 1 million acres by 2030 and what um, they uh, determine or call regenerative agriculture. Um, and the management team talked about responding to the COVID crisis and what they discovered. One, they discovered they could work faster than they ever thought was possible. Two, they really unleashed a bunch of creativity. And three, they acknowledged the role of humility, you know, not knowing and knowing that you don't have all the answers. Um, and he said one key to coming out stronger is collaboration. And so I really appreciated hearing all of these in- insights because so often we're in such silos. Um, and he also addressed the fragility of the food system, but he also said that his expectations is that we will not have major food disruptions. Um, you know, we are all in this together, and coming together can make it a better world. Um, in the words of Paul Wellstone, we all do better when we all do better. But one thing he did not bring up, and that is the um, industrial system's approach to pigs, cows, and chickens. More and more people see no difference between a cat and a dog and a pig or a turkey or a chicken. And, um, you know, I believe that by seeing the innate worth of all beings, I personally have relief from what Martha Luther King named the poverty of the spirit. Yet the headlines today read, hog, quote-unquote, producers may be quote-unquote, forced to euthanize 7 million pigs in the second quarter alone. And hearing this just is a feeling of rage and then sadness and just confusion. And so that's the topic of today's show is factory farming. And uh, joining us by phone is Wendy Pilot. Wendy is the co-host of AM 950's Native Roots Radio and a longtime animal activist. Welcome to uh, Food Freedom Radio, Wendy. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Laura. I really appreciate uh, the invite. And uh, you're talking about something that really uh, I'm very interested in. And I'm um, trying to do my best to wrap my head around what is happening right now with these animals. Um, Also, I just want to mention that I am a volunteer uh, state council member for the Humane Society of the United States. Um, And I work on animal issues at the state level. Uh, So we are all trying to help uh, (laughs) Minnesota farmers. And one particular I'd like to talk to you about, if Mm -hmm. that's okay. But before I get started, I just wanted to read this quote. Uh, And the quote is, to determine whether something is humane, first determine whether you would want it done to you. And that's by Andrea Clater. 
Um, so I just want to keep that in mind as we're You know, one day I'm going to stop you right now because you know what I really think would be great is to be in the inside section of a cruise ship with about 20,000 more beans as is in uh as in our cruise ship i don't know if that that image popped in my mind but yes do we want how how say that quote again yes to determine whether something is humane first determine whether you would want it done to you and that's by andrea clater um so i do really want to just keep that in mind and in the back of our minds as we have our discussion today um, so what I wanted to talk about was a Minnesota hog farmer. His name is Alex Haim, and he's actually the sixth-generation hog farmer um, in his family. And uh, he was on CNN two nights ago, um, and he was very, very upset because really what, what is happening now with all the processing plants being closed, he should have sent his pigs to market two to three weeks ago. Um, so he has an abundance of pigs. He already has 3,500 that are ready to go. Um, and he's, he's at a dilemma now because he needs to euthanize his healthy pigs. And he was quite upset about it. Um, and I was kind of surprised because I just kind of felt, well, doesn't he realize what's going to happen to the pigs once they get on the truck and they head to the slaughterhouse? Um, which, by the way, we'll use different words. They don't use the word slaughterhouse. They use it send. They use the words send to market, uh, processing plant. It's just nicer kind of nicer language. Words. And, and the one the one <laughs> language really that I find really weird is pig producer, hog producers. Yep. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not producing hogs. <laughs> yeah. And they and they're harvesting the pigs too. And uh, they're use they use the word harvest. So, um I kind of like to speak a little bit more bluntly and use the words that um it it is. It's a slaughterhouse and what he's going to have to do is euthanize uh his pigs. Um, and he's going to have to take a rifle and shoot them all in the head um, and then bury the car- carcasses. Now, you have to realize these animals are over 300 pounds. Um, they get up to 350 right now. And what he's doing is he's feeding them uh, a diet so it's not so caloric and they're not gaining weight as fast as they normally would. Uh, because once an animal gets too big, it can't be sent uh, to the slaughterhouse and be processed because it's too big. It just won't fit in the mach- machinery. So these pigs have to be sent uh, to market uh, at a specific time, and it's a very small window of opportunity there. Um, and the Smithfield uh, processing plant in South Dakota, as we know, had over 800 uh, COVID cases there, and that's why it was it was closed down. Um, uh, he also has over 3,000 baby pigs, uh, and they are in an overcrowded nursery, uh, which usually holds about 2,400 of those uh, baby pigs. And, and again, on, the, on this report, you could bring up the video and watch, wa- and watch it. It's a CNN, uh, Minnesota hog, hog farmer. You can just Google it. Um, that uh, he's really having a dilemma because he's going to have to euthanize the baby pigs also. Um, and it's really just a really sad uh, thing uh, that's happening to these farmers. And, you know, the family said, if we can't process these pigs and we don't get any federal help, we will go bankrupt and we will have to close. Um, and what I also want to say is people love bacon. People love pork chops. People love to eat eat these animals. Um, and I think that there is a really big disconnection between the animal and food. Uh, you know, I hear, I talk to so many people and they're like, but I love animals. I love animals. But they really don't love animals. If they love them, they wouldn't eat them. Um, but what they should say is, I love dogs and cats. Right? I love dogs and cats and maybe bunnies. <laughs> uh, but they don't love pigs, chickens, and turkeys. So, um, oh. There is a big disconnect in this in the United States about our food, what we eat, and what we think is nutrition. Um, I mean, I haven't eaten a piece of meat in 
in June uh, will be my eight-year anniversary of uh, being vegan. Um, and I'm healthier now than I was 10 years ago. Uh, so the protein that we're eating, uh, where people think comes from meat, uh, is not really, it's second, it's secondary protein that, that you're getting because the animal doesn't have protein in itself. The animal is eating the plants, which is giving the animal the protein, and then you're eating the, the, the animal. And uh, so you're getting secondary protein, right? Right, right. And- just... Yeah, and one of the reasons why animal agriculture is a leading uh, cause of climate change is because it's but it relies on monocultures of corn and soybeans to feed the animals, and that is that that adds carbon emissions. One is because in some places they're actually tearing down the rainforest to do the market beef. Um, so I mean, there's so many I'm, ideas. Yeah, and yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I wanted to touch on that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it takes. Uh, 600 gallons of water to make a hamburger. Six hundred gallons, six hundred gallons of water to make a hamburger. Because you're feeding the, you're watering the plant, you're watering the plant, you're you're for the animals to eat, which we could be eating that, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're watering the corn so the animals could eat the corn, um, and the animals that we're eating are not eating a natural diet. Uh, This is not what, you know, these animals were meant to eat. They're given, you know, a lot of times hormones to make them Right. Well, we're going to faster. We're going to have to take a break, and we're coming back. We're going to talk about um, how this system needs 1.75 planets to continue on the structure that is existing. How do we create better structures? You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Here at Osprey Wilds on beautiful Crinestone Lake near Sandstone, we hope you and your family are staying safe. Although our office is closed, our trails remain open to the public. Watch the sunset, listen to the birds, look for flowers, and enjoy a few moments of peace. For more information, visit ospreywilds.org. That's O-S-P-R-E-Y-W-I-L-D-S dot org. Hi, I'm Matt McNeil, and I want to encourage you to join me weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. for The Matt McNeil Show. It's a Twin Cities-based full hour of talk where we discuss what's going on in the state and in the nation from a Minnesota perspective. We'll be joined by a lot of great guests, and we'll take your phone calls. Interact with us on the Twitter page, at Matt McNeil Show, the Facebook page, Progressive Citizen X, The Matt McNeil Show, and on email, comment at am950radio.com. The Matt McNeil Show, weekday afternoons at 3, right here on AM 950. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Hi everyone, Matt McNeil here to say thanks for keeping your radio tuned to AM 950 during this crisis. I also wanted to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart who's become a member of AM 950 over the last few weeks. It's so important to keep AM 950 on the air, maintaining a progressive radio voice in Minnesota for 2020. We feature the best in progressive talk and great local hosts like Brett Johnson, Robert Pilot, and myself. We started our membership program to make sure AM 950 got through this trying time and you, the listener, have responded. Thank you so very much. You can become a member by simply heading over to am950radio.com and donating. The membership response has been so great. We're planning on launching some brand new members-only content, starting with some great new interviews. Tom Hartman will have a regular monthly members-only interview and will have new member content updated weekly. Head over to am950radio.com and declare, yes, I want to support AM950. For everyone who is a member, thank you so very much for your support, and thanks for listening to the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, AM950. Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. 
All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com. Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline, and joining us by phone is a co-host of Native Roots Radio, Rob, uh, Wendy Pilot. And, Wendy, we're talking all about animal agriculture. And one statistic, and this actually came out of Walmart, is that with the current structures in place, the way that we function, it takes 1.75 planets. And so is, is the industrial food system sustainable? It is not sustainable. It is absolutely not. Like like you said before, they are cutting down trees and forests in the Amazon uh, so that we could we could put pig, we could put cows there to you know be there and use that land uh, when we need all those resources that the Amazon you know uh, gives us. Uh, I just wanted to read this right now from the Star Tribune. This was just on May 6th. 10,000 pigs are being euthanized a day, millions of chickens and thousands of turkeys. And uh, by the way, Minnesota is the third largest pig producer in the United States. Uh, there's over 60,000 farmers, and they send 115 million pigs a year to the slaughterhouse in the United States. So I, I, I can't even wrap my head around how large that number is. And to be able to really look at that many just pigs, one, 115 million pigs um, and all the resources it takes to grow a pig. We could be using those resources to, to plant plants and beans and the whole world could be fed there doesn't have to be right. any hunger in the whole world not just in the united no. states people are hungry here in the united states you see those cars online in state state after state after state where people have food insecurities that should not be happening especially here in the united states well and, and I, now yeah Sorry, I, and I think this is one of the things that just is really makes your blood boil is you know, at the time that you're killing, and I have a 7 million pigs, and this is from uh, 7 million pigs nationwide. This is a statistic out of Farm mm-hmm. Progress. Um, mm-hmm. May be killed at a time when there's growing food insecurity. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. Um, I want you to also know that uh, the Humane Society of the United States is, is trying to work with factory farmers uh, and local farmers on ways to more humanely euthanize um, the pigs that cannot go to the slaughterhouse and need to be euthanized. Um, and there's, there is uh, gruesome ways that, that these farmers are, um, are euthanizing these uh, pigs. And I just wanted to kind of talk about the pigs uh, for now. But um, they are uh, these factory farms. So there's large, large buildings, very large buildings. They're kind of like an airplane hangar kind of looking buildings, only shorter, uh, not as tall. Uh, and they have big fans in them, and those fans keep the pigs cool. And uh, uh, so what they're doing is because humanely euthanizing these animals is – costly it costs money and it costs a lot of manpower and these factory farms do not want to spend the money to do that so what they're doing is they're shutting off the fans and turning up the heat and they're just letting these animals die in these barns i'm going to call them barns uh and that's what's happening to them uh the chickens what they're doing is with the chickens because they can't bring their chickens to the slaughterhouses either so they have all these chickens um they come in with almost looks like a fire hose so a big fire hose and what they do is they spray these chickens with a foam uh and it 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 suffocates them and then all the chickens just die and this is a very cheap way uh to uh get rid of these animals and some factory farmers are actually digging very deep holes in the ground these big giant holes 
uh, loading up the pigs on trucks and literally just dumping the live pigs into these big holes and covering them with dirt and they are burying them alive. And this is happening here in the United States. Of course, you're not going to see it. No one's going to tell you that this is happening because it's such a horrific way for these animals to die. And the Humane Society of the United States is trying to work with these factory farms and farmers to say, let's try to do this in a more humane way. And I think, hey, shot to the head, quick, easy, humane. Right. It's a horrible thing, but I think it's even better for the pig than going to the slaughterhouse. The experience that this animal has in the slaughterhouse is is way worse than getting a shot to the head, if I have to say anything. But um, I, I really want to turn this around and really talk about what we can do and the things that people in the in the United States can do to help this situation. And I think by just um, kind of thinking about these animals, what's happening to them, um, and thinking about, you know, having a meatless Monday, right? Having some meals that don't have any meat in them. Um, so uh, let's talk about maybe some recipes and yeah. fun stuff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's yeah. really a downer, and we really need to turn it around. And, and, and we and, uh, we do, but you know, painful conversations are also important conversations. Absolutely. And and there is something about. Um, I mean, I know in tragedies I've had, um, there's something about just being with each other despite the pain. And and yes. when we want to run away so quickly from the pain, which I do, <laughs> I do, I do, I yeah. do. I mean, uh, but. Um, you know, but but actually, there's a there's a sweetness to to being alive, and and um, and 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 you know, I'm hoping, and this is a very optimistic hope, maybe, but or I'm hoping that that the greater awareness right now that we can actually change the entire food system. And I'd like to explore recipes, but I also like to explore how do we own our own economy, and what is the economy for. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. I, so I have even ideas that they're not figured out yet by any stretch. And at this point, I want to just throw it out. You know, how can we create our own food businesses and really use this time to disrupt? So we can go into recipes now if you want. I actually made, um, I, when I was cooking yesterday and I blogged on this, which I, yeah. was always kind of a challenge for me, but. I somehow, I don't know what I'm going to do next, <laughs> but so I just, it was in the morning, so I just put on one-third a cup, one-third of um, uh, black uh, beluga uh, lentils that I bought directly from the farmer, let me talk about mm-hmm. that, and then orzo, which has wheat, but my daughter loves it, so I like the orzo, um, and uh, one big piece of garlic um, and a really sl- small diced carrot so everything's uniformed mm-hmm. and I just boiled that for 30 minutes and then once it's done I'll figure out what I'm going to do with it and what I ended up doing with it um, is um, I, I mix I took some of it out some I put in the freezer so I can have quick easy meals later on um, and with one I just put some eggs and some rice flour on it and I made little patties and they were actually mm-hmm. very feeling and great mm-hmm. um, so um, I know we're going to take a break again in about 40 minutes or 40 minutes 40 seconds um, but is there something really quick that you can think of and then we can talk more about recipes well what I want to talk about when we come back is that Trader Joe's actually has a really good um, um, area that you could go on and look it's called uh, chooseveg.com and they give you how to make a week's worth of vegan meals for under $30 from from Trader Joe's and they give you the list your shopping list for the week what you go to Trader Joe's and buy and then they give you recipes uh, on how to prepare these meals but how uh, do we own that instead of them so I'm going to come back and I want to talk about that Um, I'm listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950 the progressive Voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. 
Hi, this is Laura. Thank you for listening to AM950. People have been calling us and letting us know how important we are. We are here for you. You are here for us. As we look to the future, let's build a stronger local business economy. Do you know of a business that could benefit from connecting with the AM950 audience? Is there a product or service that you wish you could buy from an AM950 advertiser? Let us know. So call us with your ideas and suggestions. Our number is 952-946-8885. Also, we are an affordable form of mass media. We offer a safe public place. So if you know of any group that might be interested in communicating via AM950, also let us know. Annual meetings, community outreach, public auctions, podcasts, spiritual well-being program, recovery. AM950 is able to air live or taped messages. AM950 also reaches people without internet. And remember, more people listen to radio than any other medium, about 92% of adults. So Radio Connects. If you want to know more, give us a call, 952-946-8885 or go to laura at am950radio.com. If you're looking to save money on your home or building improvement project, check out Better Futures Minnesota's reuse retail warehouse in South Minneapolis. We carry salvage building materials such as cabinetry, flooring, plumbing fixtures, appliances, lighting, and more, saving you money and saving the planet by keeping these items out of the landfill, by giving them another life. Selections change daily, and we also take donations. Go to betterfuturesminnesota.com and look under Reuse Warehouse to learn more. Let us know AM950 sent you. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they're really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future, and I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride, and they're just out there doing something every day and then serving the country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Day partly cloudy skies with a high near 79. And tonight, a chance of rain with a low around 65. Sunday will be partly sunny with a high of 85 and a low around 74. Monday will be sunny and very hot with a high near 94 and a low around 72. Join over 300,000 Minnesota families by choosing Warner Stelling to be your appliance specialists. Our customers have helped us be very good at selling, installing, and servicing appliances. We work hard to earn your business. Choose Warner Stelling to be your appliance specialist. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, and joining us by phone is Wendy Pilot, and we're talking all about um, the industrial farming system and what we've learned about it in this COVID-19 crisis. Um, One uh, farm... Progress Magazine uh, reports that 7 million pigs in the second quarter alone may need to be uh, euthanized without even being turned into meat at the same time that uh, more and more people are feeling food insecure. Um, This is insanity, and we can do something better. And one of the things I know you mentioned someplace that does recipes and chains, but one of the things that I think is so powerful is, is actually coming together people to people in in, in economics, mm-hmm. um, the whole movement towards the cooperatives and the wonderful history of the cooperatives. We had uh, LaDonna on uh, spot, talking, uh, LaDonna Redmond Sanders talking about um, black cooperatives and how that worked in like the, in the 1800s and the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this actually, this, this cooperative or the CSAs or going to the Minneapolis farmers market mm-hmm. or starting our own 
group, which is something I've been trying to figure out myself. And if people want to call me later on, I want to keep talking about this on the air and just try to figure out how we can own our food system. Um, That seems like the most resilient thing to do. And we've we've seen. um, I mean, I'm just. um, Well, I'm also going to jump a little bit. But yesterday, I saw a really good movie. Um, uh, The people in Pork Polk County, Wisconsin, have been fighting a CAFO operation um, for a long time, and we had them on about a year ago. And they uh, they played uh, the movie Right to Harm, Mm -hmm. and Right to Harm. Um, in a, several states, they've passed what's called right to farm, which means uh, the counties cannot stop factory farmers from factory farms from coming in the area. It, it takes away all local control, and uh, people have been fighting these. And there's some really tragic stories out there. I mean, you're living in a nice area, you like it, and all of a sudden this factory farm moves next to you, and you can't breathe. You're sick. You have to move from your house, and then your house is worthless, mm-hmm. and you have no rights. No rights. And one of the farmers had this statistic that when you have 26,000 cows in a small area, that doesn't make any sense, folks. 26,000 cows in a small area does not make sense from a moral, a philosophical, or just a, a ecological viewpoint. That doesn't make sense to have 26,000 cows in a small area. Because what that means is that's like having, when it comes to water quality, it's like having 1,000 cows standing on one acre of land. So there's so much with this industrial system, and it's actually controlling – the money is controlled. And so, I mean, I don't – it gets so complex so fast. And I, I really want to be able to talk about this without having good guys or bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost the structures that we have created or the structures that just grew out of certain ways of being. And I think that we need to start really, really taking a good look, Laura, and we really need to start – growing our own food we could grow our own food i mean at least if every family had a just a small garden and then we and then we get food from the co-ops and the farmers market markets and then we start bartering some you know if, if you eat eggs some a neighbor might have some chickens and you you're growing broccoli and you're going to trade your broccoli for some eggs and we're going to work together and i mean that's what they did years and years ago before these large fa- factory farms came in um i mean what we do right now and i'm guilty of it robert and i have a a lawn in the front of our house we don't water it because it's a waste of, of water to water the lawn and but what do we do? We spend time every week mowing it. I mean, it's time and energy to mow it for what? I mean, I want I want to grow food, or I want to make like a rain garden and have uh, plants there for the the bees and the butterflies and the hummingbirds and the pollinators that we need. Um, we really need to change things. Uh, and like you said before, we, we really need to support. And I did mention Trader Joe's, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but we really need to support our local farmers markets and our co-ops and and the smaller mom and pop stores we really really do right if we don't buy into the system we don't like the values and the ideas of the system then let's figure out what else we want and take that exactly. and that's why this is named food freedom i mean how do we find our own freedom and uh, mm-hmm. but getting to gardening i mean the thing that now gardening is for me is more mental health i mean mm-hmm. we've been doing permaculture so i mean my uh the raspberry plants we've had for 50 some years and the gooseberries have been there for 20 years and the blueberries are going for eight nine and the hazelnuts now producing hazels but the squirrels wow. get all the hazels <laughs> i mean i haven't figured out how to protect them yet and uh, um and then we got we actually made a big thing on box gardens this year we've added some and uh but it's 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 calming work um mm-hmm. and then at the other hand it's not for everyone i mean the other thing i want to you know we are all different yes. um and as someone who's approaching her 60s it's like I'm, I really want to think about this in terms of, of retirement gardening. <laughs> I do. Right. But yeah. that's, that's why that, that vision of just having, of planting these berries and nut trees instead of this roundup and, you know, the same type of trees and, and acknowledging that we're all going to be, you know, we all find our own place. It's not mm-hmm. like there needs to be one dominant way. But, Absolutely. But we can certainly grow on food and supporting the food shelves and trying to come together as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So another story is uh, in Pilgrims. I mean, they have the big sign, we feed the world. And a lot of people have sort of bought into this idea that, oh, we must have industrial agriculture because we must feed the world. Again, if you are killing 7 million pigs in a time of hunger around the world, your purpose is not about feeding the world. No. If that was your purpose, you would find an action aligned with your purpose. Absolutely. The purpose is to make money. That's the purpose. Uh, And remember, these uh, large agriculture factory farms have very big lobbying power uh, at the state capitol in Washington. Uh, And, um, well, hey, President Trump (laughs) signed an executive order to get these these slaughterhouses up and running. I know, and uh, when when he should have signed the executive order to get the factories to make the PPE for the nurses and doctors, right? But right. no, he wants to get those pigs killed so that we have meat, and they're making the money. And the executive so. director in uh, today's Star and Tribune, this is recorded on Friday, um, mm-hmm. uh, the executive director of the Council of American Islamic Relations has said that um, his his organization has, have, has interviewed dozens of workers who, unsite, who cite unsafe conditions. Um, at, yes. at, 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 and so can you imagine what it's like? I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the state of Minnesota is offering unemployment to mm-hmm. people who don't feel safe, yes. but to actually... Uh, I mean, and and that's the other sad thing about our industrial food system right now. I mean, who are the workers? It's immigrant families, people who don't speak English as their first language, poor people, and that's who uh, are working in these horrible places. Um, And they're afraid that if they stand up and fight for their rights and fight for safety, uh, they will get uh, fired. And where are they going to go? Right. Um, And I just want you to know also, the Humane Society of the United States and other groups sued the Trump administration because the Trump administration um, made these factory farms speed up their slaughter process. Right. And uh, HSUS and other groups sued the Trump administration because those speed doing that kind of work fast is very very dangerous they're using knives uh they're standing close together and uh people get hurt every day Um, there was a factory farm worker that uh, said that the meat is so cold by the time they get to them and and they have to work so fast so they have to really grab the meat and cut it you know fast with the knives and their hands that their fingers turn black at the tips because they first turn blue right because they're so cold and then by the end of their ship their shift their fingers are black because uh, the cold meat and, and they're in so much pain, but they keep working. They keep working because they need money and they have to survive and they have to feed their children uh, and they don't say anything. They just go in and they work in these horrible, horrible conditions. So it's it's really a yeah, sad I remember talking thing. to a union representative about that and they were they were really upset about that the 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 rates of work and how fast these chickens and pigs are and they're using the word process but the meat is cut up and it's you mm-hmm. know it's it's hard conditions let's yeah. you know let's talk a little bit because we haven't really um uh, talked that much about the condition of the um pigs in the barns i mean how much space do they have their tails mm-hmm. are cut off mm-hmm. um do they have access yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's just talk about a sow. So a sow is a female pig who's who's a breeder. So she's just there to breed the pigs. So there are thousands and thousands of these female sow pigs, uh, which are in gestational crates. So these are crates where she can't stand, she can't move, she can't turn. And these pigs stay there for two to three years and in just this space and don't move for that long. That would be like the same thing if you were were in a coach seat in an airplane sitting there for two to three years. That is the same way that this poor animal uh, is kept year after year. And she's just uh, 
fertilized, you know, uh, inseminated, and then she has her pigs, and that's what she does. She's just a breeder pig. At the end of the time when she can't have the p- baby pigs anymore, she's sent to, to a horrible slaughter. Um, the the baby pigs are taken and are uh, they're. Tails are docked. They dock their, their tails and they just snip them right off. No um, uh, anesthesia or anything. They just do it while the pig is uh, fully aware and it's uh, horrible. I mean, you can find videos and undercover videos on this all the, all the time. If you're brave enough to watch it, I think it, you should watch it and just see what the heck happens to these animals. Um, uh, and what I do want to just say really quickly is uh, eight years ago, my husband came home from school he was taking a class at the university of minnesota and he said to me wendy there's this documentary that i'm watching it's really right up your alley about animals and agriculture and and things i was vegetarian at the time it's called food inc uh food inc uh and i have to say that that uh documentary uh changed my life It, it really absolutely changed my life because it took me in to see how these animals are treated and, and it, it talked about food insecurities uh, and uh, how we could change uh, to change the world, right? So we have people who don't have a lot of money. They hardly uh, can go and buy groceries, uh, but they can go to McDonald's and get the dollar menu, right? They could get a, they could get a Big Mac, a Coke and French fries uh, for a dollar or two, right? Now people are eating that food um, and they showed a family, but that's all that they could afford. They could go to McDonald's and have that food and they could, that's filled them up, filled them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they ate almost every day or at least, you know, four or five days a week because it was cheap. Uh, but then what happens? Uh, they, they're obese from eating that food, right? Well, um, and, and that's one thing we talk about a lot here on uh, Food Friend Radio is that we're spending so much more money on health uh, costs. Chronic conditions are going skyrocketing and it's happens uh, all connected to our food system. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. and so the food system, you know, and again, let's let's try to let's how do we take a sad song? and make it better and uh you know and that's what we're gonna come back with we're gonna come back I, with uh recipes maybe <laughs> and i think that's a, i think that's a song by the I, way i think Take it is so long to make it better yeah or it's, or it's a lyric in a song it's a know. lyric in hey jude by beatles <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to food freedom radio on am 950 the progressive voice of minnesota here at Osprey Wilds on beautiful Crinestone Lake near Sandstone, we hope you and your family are staying safe. Although our office is closed, our trails remain open to the public. Watch the sunset, listen to the birds, look for flowers, and enjoy a few moments of peace. For more information, visit ospreywilds.org. That's O-S-P-R-E-Y-W-I-L-D-S dot org. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Hi, this is Chad from AM 950. Whether it's storm damage from the past or a new issue that's popped up over the years, Snap Construction is the company we trust for all roofing, siding, windows, and exterior construction needs. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window company in the metro. Ryan has worked with many of our listeners and is excited to help more. Thank you to all the listeners we have worked with and all the listeners at AM 950 that we haven't had the opportunity to work with yet. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. Safety of our homeowners and our team at Snap Construction has always been the utmost priority. We are still offering free, no-contact estimates. This summer at Snap Construction, we've rolled out a new referral program. Mention AM950, and we'll make a donation to the station in your name. Together, we can all work to ensure AM950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. Call for your free estimate today. 612-333-SNAP, 612-333-SNAP. 
Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style, Saturdays at 7 and Sundays at 5. You know, we're all sitting at home right now, and chances are you've noticed a thing or two that you wish you could change. Well, the Habitation Design staff is here to help. Right now, we're offering free virtual interior design services. It works like this. You guys are home. We're all at home. Let's schedule a virtual walkthrough of your space. Using FaceTime, Zoom, or Skype, one of our degreed professional interior designers will take a look, tell you precisely how to measure your room, then provide you with specific product recommendations, a design plan, and everything you need to make your space beautiful and functional. So we've all got the time. Why don't we take advantage of it? Call Habitation at 952-426-3548. That's 952-426-3548 and schedule your virtual design appointment today. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline, and joining us today is Wendy Pilot, a longtime um, animal activist and um, a co-host of Native Roots Radio. And Wendy, one thing um, I want to talk about, and not everyone, this is not necessarily um, a, a standard belief, but if an animal is raised with that much stress and all those stress hormones are in their bodies, can that stress that the animal experienced be alive when we're eating the food? Can that affect our health? Yeah, it's cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. Uh, When these animals are frightened and stressed, and we know that they are, you could just watch a video of how these animals are killed in a slaughterhouse. Um, That hormone is in the muscle, in the meat uh, that that you eat and it's it's we don't need any more cortisol in our in our bodies uh it's it's damaging it can cause inflammation um you know there's there's places in the world that don't have any heart disease uh because they don't eat animal products in those parts of the world um people people get their chest cracked open and their arteries sucked out and and uh their legs cut where new arteries are taken and replaced right they've replaced those arteries in their heart because it's filled with animal fat that's what that's for now people think that a you know a a plant-based diet is is extreme I think getting your chest cracked open and get, <laughs> getting this, the animal fat sucked out is pretty extreme. Um, so I'll leave that. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I'll so leave that there. yeah, that was, that was a, thank you for that beautiful image. Um, so uh, in this farm part progress magazine, it actually said that meat supplies for retail grocery stores could shrink by nearly 30% by Memorial day, leading to retail pork and beef price increases as much as 20%. Um, and so this might be a time when people are like, oh, okay, well, how do I cook with beans? And, and again, we don't want to blame or shame anyone. Blaming and shaming doesn't make progress. But, but um, so give us some tips on how to, how to eat uh, vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in the beginning, it's kind of hard. You know, I made a lot of mistakes and I would, you know, um, it took a little while and I finally got it. And uh, we have we have wonderful uh, meat substitutes. I mean, I didn't give up meat because I didn't like the taste of it. I gave up meat because I, I love animals. Um, there's a butcher shop in Minneapolis. It's called the Herbivorous Butcher. Uh, and they are the first vegan butcher shop. Uh, in the United States, and they are open. You could order uh, meat online, and it's kind of funny. They name all their meat just what it is. You want a pork line? You want a, a rib? You want a <laughs> you want some uh, bologna, sliced bologna? You can get all of that there. Um, and you know, people, it's hard for people who have been eating meat their whole lives to not eat meat. So some of these meat substitutes kind of like is a good uh, stepping stone, right? A good stepping stone um, to get people to eat more of a plant-based diet and a more healthy diet, Um, low in saturated fats, uh, more veggies and greens. Uh, People, uh, their blood pressure gets lower. Uh, They have, they don't have to take as many pills as they used to for their high blood pressure and their diabetes. I've seen people, um, uh, not have to use insulin anymore for their diabetes. I'm a pharmacist, by the way, and I usually like to talk people about uh, lowering their meat content and eating more of a healthy, uh, more plant-based diet. And I've seen so many people 
get off um, that those medications, and then they, we don't have to support big pharma either. So that's another uh, plus in this whole uh, mess. And I have started to um, on foodfreedomradio.com. That's the website, foodfreedomradio.com. I started putting some recipes out there, and if anyone has a great recipe and they want to share it, just put it in the comment section. And the other thing that I've been toying with, and I uh, I don't know how this is going to look, um, but I'm wondering if there's some ways that um, AM950 and Food Freedom Radio and us can be making money together um, through um, how can we eat in a way where we're also making money and we're also feeding people. How do we do this um, together? And one idea I thought is maybe we could do a monthly um, delivery of a pantry, um, stuff you need for a vegan pantry. So we'd have a lentil and a bean and a grain and some vegetables and some seasonings. So the whole package would be right to make a big pot of affordable organic food. And then the next month you get a try a different type of legume and a different type of grain and so mm-hmm. you'll have some left over from the other ones and we can just kind of brainstorm this but i'm not sure if i can just you know i can i can think of all these things but i can't do any of this stuff alone you know mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I just sit on the couch <laughs> you know i'm like oh that was a great idea <laughs> well laura but, you have you have great ideas and i'll tell you if people are interested and sign up i would be willing to help you with this because perfect. this is something that's really important to me and by the way i have a wonderful recipe for shepherd's pie vegan shepherd's pie which is delicious that i've i've brought to people who are the you know carnivores uh to the word go um and they eat this and they love it and it's and uh um, it's a pretty tasty uh meal and i have some freezed right now in my freezer that maybe on this cold weekend we'll take out and we'll enjoy now i think of that as a hard dish to make oh it's very easy it's Hmm. very easy yeah okay how how do you make it well i just cut up a whole bunch of veggies uh depends on what kind of veggies i have in the house so it could be any kind i could do broccoli uh, brussels sprouts carrots celery uh, and then I saute it in a pot with a vegetable broth, and I add some spices like garlic and onions, um, salt and pepper. I like my food a little bit, a little bit on the spicy side, so I like to add a little crushed red pepper. And you make mashed potatoes, make mash big pot of mashed potatoes and then after those uh veggies are pretty well uh, tender you put them in a nice pan and you cover them up with those potatoes and then Mm. stick them back in the oven make some nice fresh rolls with some vegan butter and you got a meal there i'll tell you wow that Um, that sounds really good yeah, my husband loves when I put in uh, the uh, Beyond uh, sausage. I'll cut that up and mm-hmm. saute that and throw that in there because he, he likes to have the meat. Mm-hmm. I can do without it. Um, and it's a really hearty, uh, filling, uh, nutritious, and uh, pretty inexpensive meal to make. So it's really yummy. I love it. Well, Wendy, I thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, the, the hour's gone really fast. And uh, so you're also with Native Roots Radio. Check that out with AM 950. Uh, Ten seconds left. Anything you want to say? That's it. Thank you. That's I really it. appreciate the insight yeah, today. Well, and I love the subject. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, if we're kinder to animals, would be kinder to each other and to ourselves. Um, a kind, insane world. Here we come. <laughs> 